Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Birds of Prey podcast. On this episode, we interview Alejandro Ralat, a player for Florida Atlantic Basketball. Grant, what were some of your favorite moments from this episode? It's a really cool perspective to hear about how much the scout team impacts a basketball team, especially a Final Four basketball team, and how his efforts really change the course for Florida Atlantic basketball. I think it's a story that a lot of people who are big FAU basketball fans or just kind of heard about the team in the Final Four have never heard before. So it's something really fun to dive into. And you also get someone's perspective that is currently our longest tenured player on the roster. So there's just so much here to listen to, to enjoy. He's an awesome guy, and I'm really excited for you to tune in. If you want to know how important he is to his teammates, we have a clip on our Instagram account that I recommend watching that we put out from him. And all the teammates talk about how lethal he is at Scout Team, and you can hear it in his voice in the interview. Just really fun stuff. Not just that, it was truly an interesting episode. You heard how he sacrificed his scholarship in order to bring more freshman recruits onto the team. This is a truly great guy, really selfless and dedicated in what he does. He really is the unsung hero of FAU's Final Four run. So without further ado, here is Alejandro Ralat. Excited to have you on the show. Um, Thank you for having me. Thank you. I had a, this is an episode where I, I knew exactly where I wanted to open because I got to talk to you after, I want to say the Elite Eight win when we were going to the Final Four. I remember, I'm not sure if you remember, but I remember the conversation super vividly. And I walk right up to you and I say, man, like, I just want to make sure you know if people aren't telling you how big your impact was mm-hmm. on this Final Four run. And from my point of view, it was just watching you support all your teammates and mm-hmm. you and Trey kind of being the people igniting all the chance, which really helps us and makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But you said to me right after that, and you were pretty emotional, said you should have seen practice. If you'd seen practice, you'd really know mm-hmm. my impact. Now I've done like at least I've interviewed at least six of your teammates at the time of this interview. Mm-hmm. And I think I got moments from all of them totally not. I, I haven't even asked them about you in particular or, Mm-hmm. any of your impact and when we talk about practice the first thing they have talked about is how dominant you are on the scout team and mm-hmm. how important of a aspect of the team's success you've been from mm-hmm. that vantage point so pretty cool how that's gotten to come mm-hmm. full circle for me now learning about your experience on this show not talking to you mm-hmm. now uh and through the eyes of your teammates but now you're here and we're going to get to talk about that so definitely as we as we open kind of Speak to the experience of how you feel you've gotten to impact this team through the Final Four run and now to today. Um, obviously, like throughout the Final Four run, I was really like bought in with the team and and doing all the little things I required to to get the team better. So in my case, it was being on the scout team and embodying those roles. Like let's say we were playing UAB, it was play like Jordan Walker and do the things that he do he does on the court. And I was really trying to imitate it. I would, I would literally watch film of the players, of the point guards that I was, I was going to be. And I was really doing everything. If they take bad shots, I'm taking bad shots and doing, and really trying to break down the game. And, and I was just doing that just to get them better. And then on defense, I was, I was trying to get up on them and, and steal the ball from them and always try to make an impact. Because at that time, that was my role. So I took advantage of that and I really wanted to at the end of the day, just be satisfied with the way that I was able to help the team 
And then now c coming into this year, it was kind of a similar similar role. Obviously, still always like wanting to earn minutes and things like that. But I know the impact that I have, and I just love these guys. So I wanted to come back and and do it again with them. So it was just so Trey talked about when you impersonated Jelly, and apparently you couldn't miss. Like you were just you, you were just lights out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't miss. It was just going <laughs> running play after play, and it was just. Just scoring the ball, just kind of. Yeah, you know what? What? What is it you've learned when you're going to impersonate a player on mm -hmm. scout team and prepare your team for somebody that's allowed you to be able to have that player's energy kind of mm -hmm. come through you and and become that person, kind of like an actor. Yeah. To a certain degree, you kind of mm -hmm. had to learn acting. Mm -hmm. um, but what's allowed you to become that person in a way that? best prepares your team? Because it seems like it's something from the way that your teammates talk about it. It sounds like it's something unique that other teams don't have mm -hmm. your ability to watch someone emulate them and bring a very similar style of play mm -hmm. to the practice. Yeah. Um, obviously it's a lot kind of like acting, just really trying to, to do exactly what they do. So I think about it as like, it's just very freeing kind of learning how to, because obviously a lot of point guards, they like to rock out and play very free yeah. between the legs, all these things that usually like, let's say as a player like me, I play a little bit more conservative at times, but when I get the green light to do all that, it's just fun for me. And I really get to take advantage of all the tools that I really have. So it's just, I just take advantage when I'm doing this scout. I take advantage of every opportunity and work on my offense, work on my craft because it does help me as a player. So it has helped me grow a lot throughout just doing scout team and things like that. And it, and it's really helpful. So it's just. And so when you're encouraging the team, because you you are one of the more active people making sure mm -hmm. defense chants are going, mm -hmm. et cetera. Is there an extra level of pride, especially when you're doing those defense chants? Mm -hmm. And when you know the team's guarding someone like Jelly Walker, they might be better because of your impersonation earlier in the week? I don't necessarily think of it that way, but I I... I I almost I take pride in in doing the the scout team and everything prior and then after the game I'm like dang I really I almost played better than he did or like <laughs> something like that so it just like those realizations come after the game and I was like I'm happy that I was able to get like just attacking like the big knees around the screen and getting drawing the fouls and all those little things that point guards do I'm already doing that the whole week in scout so then it's cool just to see that after the game and I'm like wait, I was doing that. So it, I did help them in that sense. So I guess that's the most rewarding part of the scout, just seeing how it how it was able to translate on the court while we were so playing. So in-game, you're more in the moment. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. trying to bring so everyone up and, and mm -hmm. know if your number is called, mm -hmm. that you'll be ready. But post-game, you get to kind of sit and reflect mm -hmm. with yourself of, man, I really got this team prepared mm -hmm. because we were way better against this guy than we... Mm -hmm. may have been otherwise mm -hmm. exactly and it, and it's funny too because i'm the scout sometimes i get the role of being like a post guy like a point guard that posts posts up and then i start playing like a like almost like a big and using all the drop steps and different things so it's fun to get to to just to do different things and, I, and i'm successful as well like in the post and doing things so it's just it's just funny to see how your game is just like almost like unlimited like it, you could do different things and it's it's just cool you get to play all five different positions mm -hmm. at different times because you're kind of, you're kind of role playing, but mm -hmm. in those experiences, you're able to, you're being more educational mm -hmm. than anything else. So there's probably a preparation. Have you had practices where you go up against Vlad? Um, 
sometimes he he does like a lot of times the the other teams they try to get switches on Vlad and and things like that. So I I do get those opportunities to kind of go at him, find the switch, and then it's almost like rock out because that's what the other team will do. So those are all fun things that I get that I get to do on on the scout. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's a part of the game mm-hmm. that people listening don't get any exposure to. It's kind of um kind of like at the end of the day our team is taking a test and people see the result of the test but they don't see all the studying and the preparation mm-hmm. that went into the grade that was got the, the grade that had ultimately happened on the test is as a result of a mm-hmm. lot of preparation definitely and, and i think that there's maybe on at night you know people will see the eight players that maybe put something mm-hmm. something up in the stat line. But really for us, it's every single player on the team mm-hmm. is making a big impact into that win or loss mm-hmm. because I've heard our practices are oftentimes more intense in the games. Yeah, definitely. We really take pride in our practices and making it feel very game-like. And we just kind of get lost in, in the practices and just compete. And that's that's the best thing about it. Once once you get lost in the game, it's just, it's just fun. And you're at the end just just dead tired, but you know that you competed with with your guys and your teammates. So that's why I really just enjoyed this process of, again, going into the Final Four and then coming back because practice was so fun. So I was like, I want to do this again and keep getting better because every day in practice you get better because you compete at such a high level. It, um, so it, it gives me kind of two follow-up questions that I'm going to ask mm-hmm. both of them and they're going to be in totally different directions. Mm-hmm. One of them is, one of the cooler stories we have in this team. And the other one I think is very pertinent to the moment. I'll start with the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, You give up your scholarship spot this year Mm -hmm. on the team, Mm -hmm. which is one, which you definitely did not need to do. You could Mm -hmm. have not only could you have said no and and stayed Mm -hmm. on the team. I believe they made that optional for Mm -hmm. you. You also could have entered the transfer portal. Like a lot of people did and probably gone and Mm -hmm. seek a starting spot out. What allowed you to be so selfless to not only, um, be able to want to stay in this role to help the team prepare because you know how valuable it is, mm-hmm. but also to sacrifice something for the future of the program to let us have a player that mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to be here if it wasn't for you saying, hey, I want to give him that spot. I think for me, just coming in as a as a walk-on, that was kind of my, my experience. And like I started off coming out of high school, I didn't really have any offers and things like that, but my dream had always been to play Division One basketball. Yes. And then... Coach May was able to give that to me and give me the opportunity to come in as a preferred walk-on and started with the team. And then by the third year, then I earned my, my scholarship. Which earned a spot in the rotation yeah. too, which I think mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. We'll talk about it a little bit mm-hmm. on the show. You were a full rotational player two mm-hmm. seasons ago. So mm-hmm. earned, earned a scholarship and earned a rotational spot. Played very well in those rotational minutes. Um, and that's why I think it's important for our listeners to know mm-hmm. that there are probably more than half, but large percentage of these division one schools that you'd be either playing in the rotation or starting at right mm-hmm. now, if that's the route you'd wanted to go or thought that was the best expression of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just, again, doing it with, with coach may and kind of like the trust that he had in me and, and, and just being around the guys. So that, that, those are the reasons. And again, the practice going back to practice yeah. and the, how rewarding it was. So my decision was more based on Obviously, like being a walk on and, and that was kind of like I, I, I never had a scholarship like in the beginning. So that was just kind of like normal to me. And that was more. what. And then when the when the coach may obviously brought me into the office and he was like, hey, 
Like right now, we're at a point where we have only one freshman incoming and we would like to have another one so he's able to see our culture and, and learn the game. And so I really, I understood what he was saying. It wasn't just like, oh, we're just going to take you off scholarship and that's what it is. It was more like, we need this guy to come in so that he can learn the ropes so that later on we have more people and we have more tools. And then essentially by, by next year, maybe you'll have more, more, more time and things like that. So it was just more more wanting to have th those guys learn learn what we do on the court and then because it'll be better for our future so absolutely and uh mm -hmm. the two freshmen that have come in this year that are redshirting i've gotten mm -hmm. to see a little bit of them at practice mm -hmm. and i'm sure they're helping you out in the scout team but mm -hmm. they're pretty exceptional players that we've been able to bring on and i think that this year you can kind of tell that they are really soaking it in yeah definitely. every game i see them on the bench having an awesome time mm -hmm. And I don't think that either of their experience would be the same without the other because they seem like they are absurdly close. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Yeah, they're 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 like brothers. So <laughs> so it's like so it just made sense just to bring somebody in because if not, he would have been the only freshman coming in. So it was just so I understood that, and that's what, why I kind of felt selfless to to give that opportunity to them because they're literally like brothers. They're always together, and it and it's just fun for them to get to learn how we are as a team. And, and it's contagious, obviously, like the, the way we are, how much fun we have, and now they're getting to enjoy that as well. So it's I loved, uh, we were doing our entrance for the ECU game, and I loved that they were both playing uh, like air instruments as the team was entering. Like you can just tell that they're finding all these ways to have fun and integrate with the team this year before their number is ready to be called. Mm -hmm. But next year, a lot of people's number could be called much sooner than they even anticipate because this is a year that we have a lot of players that are going to be in their last season of the team. Mm -hmm. It's last year on for spoon last year for BJ last year for mm -hmm. Gaffney. So there are going to be spots next year in the rotation mm -hmm. that open up. So it's good that we got mm -hmm. some players developing. So when that time comes, we got guys ready to go fill exactly. those. They're, they're big shoes and we got guys mm -hmm. ready to go fill, fill those shoes when the time comes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so that, that's exciting. That showed a lot of humility on your part to be able mm -hmm. to go and, make that sacrifice for the team and continue to go give you everything to help us win. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other factor I wanted to go cover was just talking to Trey at the time of this recording, we just took a very, very difficult loss to Charlotte. But what he said was that today was a big turning point at practice mm -hmm. and kind of wanted you to speak to that mm -hmm. and what you've noticed in this team kind of coming back from Charlotte and how it's ignited us. Coming back from Charlotte, well, obviously we've had in the past just a couple of bad losses that we know we shouldn't have lost. And that, that we know we, we, we really had those those gains, but we kind of like took them for granted and, and things like that. So today was a day where we decided to meet as a team and then we met with the coaches and it's just figuring out what's 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 going on and what, what, what we need to do. And we were just, we just essentially broke it down to we just need to appreciate the moment and have fun. And like, this is it. For, like you said, like Spoon, Gaffney, like all these guys, it's, it's their last year. And we're almost taking it for granted when we really have to be just in the moment, killing each other at practice because it is the teammates that you love and you want to go at each other. And it's just, so now the energy today was just that really focus on that goal of, of getting better for, 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 for the team at the end of the day. And that's what what's going to help us win a championship at the end of the day. So do you think the weight of the expectations coming into the year to mm -hmm. a certain degree took some of the fun mm -hmm. out of some of the preparation maybe? Cause it's, I heard today was really, really fun. Yeah. yeah. Today was definitely 
probably the most fun we've had in the in the like in this season like just practicing just because we, we kind of just forgot about the outside noise and whatever we said just throw everything out the door just be in the moment and enjoy what we have because it's special like you were saying it's a, it's a good group of guys and just having that like we we just don't have like it's better not to take it for granted and just really appreciate it in the moment. That's that's what we did today. And obviously, like the outside noise, although you don't want it to get in, it's still you you listen to it a little bit and you're like, oh, we're this, we're that. But at the end of the day, it started with us and and just the core of the group. So that's yeah. I mean, I've not talked about it in a number of these interviews in a row, so I'm sorry if the audience is getting bored with it. But um, <laughs> as a fan, it was shocking for me that Gulf Coast game. I've traveled to a number of your games. I've attended. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time I've missed a home game, but I had never experienced a full crowd cheering against us. Uh, and Gulf Coast sold out to see mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic play basketball. And I think that there's a part of that is just a new experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that to in your eyes, kind of what was that experience like at Gulf Coast? I mean, yes, we're the hunted now. And we saw that versus Brian. We've seen that in other games this year. Mm-hmm. Illinois played a nearly flawless game, but Gulf Coast was a little bit different because you got a crowd that every single time someone will make a shot, that place just went nuts. No, it did. It was funny because in the beginning, I was almost joking around like, oh, this this almost feels like a home game because we were in warm-ups coming out and like as the game started and, and the the introductions, all that, like everybody was like, FAU, FAU. Almost Our fans like, were excellent. Yeah. yeah. Travel. We had a lot of fans and I was like, oh, wow, this feels almost like a home game. But then once they got going and started hitting shots, then you could see the, the big difference. Like, yeah, that's a sold out crowd from FGCU. And it was just, then it kind of got got going and in the heat of the moment, all the fans were going crazy and just. And my drive so it back, was, it was sinking in. And uh, I remember my dad called Talked on the phone, like, man, that was a bummer. <laughs> and I'm like, but that crowd was sold out to see our team. And, and that's a crazy, that's a crazy thought just from where we were, say, two years ago, mm-hmm. where we didn't have anybody at our home games, let alone uh, on the road. In Conference USA, we weren't used to playing against full crowds. The closest we would have gotten to playing against a whole stadium of people rooting against our team would have been North Texas in the conference championship mm-hmm. because North Texas travels really well. They're the, the super pit they call it. They don't fill up. So you, I don't think even if, even though they have great attendance, it's not as loud. They would have filled up the star if they had made it one more game. Mm-hmm. Thankfully for us, UAB won. Cause I was kind of relieved. I'm like, man, more of a neutral site game versus UAB mm-hmm. North Texas with a home game. And they have the most frustrating style, but we didn't really have to see that at all last year. And then we saw it against Gulf Coast. We saw it against Charlotte. And I feel like there's an adjustment mm-hmm. that needs to be made toward playing against road crowds. It's going to keep happening. Now Now teams look at the schedule. They see a team that was in the Final Four in their calendar. They distribute it, and people buy tickets to the single game that they now, – now Florida Atlantic's national brand in basketball, which it wasn't mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely a blessing, and I don't take it for granted because obviously I've been here – for many years, so I, I was there in the beginning where the, the crowd wasn't really out there. There was a couple of students that would always come out, a couple of family members and things like that. And then now it just took a whole new turn. And just getting the opportunity to play play again in the MSG, going there, going to Vegas, playing in the T-Mobile Arena, just getting these experiences that are just surreal as a, as a Division One athlete, just as an athlete. like you, That's what you want and what you dream of. And now that we we were able to reach that last year and now we're still getting kind of like that love and 
And that's important. Those big games, like even Florida Gulf Coast, exactly. Like maybe maybe three years ago, if we played there, it would it wouldn't have been packed out. But now it is, and it's just yeah, it would have been their normal, uh-huh. would have been their normal been, crowd, yeah. which is yeah. which was at that time in history more developed than our crowd. Mm-hmm. They had the tournament run. They mm-hmm. had Dunk City, um, a very impressive stadium they put together, and it was a great culture. But knowing what the game meant, um, it was. It was a really exciting atmosphere to mm-hmm. be a part of, even though the result wasn't great. There were a lot of guys in their team that played really exceptional games and, and did a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the version of this team that people will see in February would probably have a different result versus that team in that mm-hmm. game than the one that we saw at the end of December. But mm-hmm. it's a blessing because those are learning experiences mm-hmm. that 100%. you guys get to take. And, and I don't, if I'm, if I'm in your shoes, I'd rather have that experience and learn from it and have the practice you had today than have that experience in March because in March, whether it's a conference tournament or the NCAA tournament, you can't get the game back. And this mm-hmm. one, you guys just get to go to Tulane on, on Thursday and show mm-hmm. you learn some stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely learn learn from these games and, and all these losses. And it's helped us to refocus and, and, and rethink why we're not we're not beating these teams that necessarily, obviously every other team is going to give us our best shot. So like FGCU, like you said, they played a great game. They had a lot of people step up from their team and it's just like, we're going to get everyone's best shot. So we have to play at a, at a new level and just understand that. And that again, it all starts from practice and what we do with, with, with our core and our, our first group and our group of guys. So it's just learning from that and, and and taking it now practice like we did today and keep it going and keep it rolling and we're gonna we're gonna like where we're at at the end of the day if we keep this up. So yeah, it's the uh, we're not gonna have the March product in, mm-hmm. in January, mm-hmm. but we can inch closer to that mm-hmm. with every game. And by the time the season's over, be a team that no one's gonna want to play mm-hmm. when that bracket comes out. To another subject that I think that uh, you have a unique experience to talk about. You've known Dusty for a long time. Mm-hmm. When I, I think that someone told me you guys go back before he was at FAU even. Um, it was just my – he was it was his first year at FAU. So it was his first year as a head coach at, at FAU. I was actually a senior at St. Andrews, and I got to play with his son, with his oldest son, Jack. So then we, we got to play together and – Coach May was there sitting in the stands at every single game. So he kind of saw my energy, the way I play, my, my, my defensive style and, and the things I could bring to the table. So he was like, man, I, I really like you. Like, I'm going to hold this preferred walk-on spot. And that's kind of how the relationship started. And then ever since, I was like, okay, I'm going to FAU. And that was, and, and now he's almost been almost like a, like a father figure, just very caring and just making sure that I grow as a player and and it's 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 been great it's been great being with him so and your parents have get to attend almost mm-hmm. every game they travel a bunch of the team mm-hmm. i've seen them on the road a lot so that's a pretty cool experience to be able to have so many you've got a lot of family members out mm-hmm. in support yeah 100 percent. my family comes out to every game my, my grandparents i live in jacksonville they'll, they'll drive down and everything and and i'll have my people back home in puerto rico they'll come fly out for like big games and things like that so the support from my my family is such a such a blessing that I have, and it's kind of what helps me keep going and and doing what I do, because they're able to have fun with it and, and get to enjoy it. So it brings me joy. So what's your favorite family moment uh, of them coming to the games, for you? Actually, I'm gonna say so my freshman year, which I was a redshirt, 
And then my brother was playing at UAB at the time. He was a fifth year. And he he played four years of baseball, Division One baseball at UAB. And then he did his fifth year of basketball. Oh, wow, because baseball is a big sport yeah. in Puerto Rico. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he was he was going to go like that route, like kind of like MLB prospect, all that. P- played in the Cape Cod League, all that. And then... He decided to go back to basketball because he missed it. Now he's playing with the Puerto Rico national team and everything. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So he's 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 representing and traveling the world, doing all that. But my freshman year, he actually got to come to FAU, and that was I'm t- I'm saying like the whole middle section of a uh, like in the stands. You know, if you consider like the whole middle yeah. section, I probably had like. 80 people or something like that Aww. just like family members family friends things like that and then my my family actually my my parents uh my aunt is the one that made like these these shirts where it was like the halfway think of like the curry one where it's like kind of like oh uab fau and it said like the ralat in the back and it That's was just, cool so that to me was one of the most special experiences and and my brother was playing at the time so i got to just watch him play against us and it was just a really surreal moment just just seeing him in my court and and it was it was awesome to me that 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 was probably one of the best experiences with my family so. Did she keep the jersey? Oh, uh, yeah, they have they have like the yeah, yeah they have all the shirts and, and Yeah, all that's that. something to be cool to frame and have you guys yeah. sign probably. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So from that be... game, I think that's a pretty that's a pretty special moment to be able to witness. Um were they able to be at this Liberty game recently where you got to check in for the first time this year? At the yeah the one that we played at home yeah 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 my parents were there and actually my brother he was coming back from China they were playing in China and then he stopped at the airport and then got got off he said I'm not going to Puerto Rico right now I'm gonna go and watch you play and then so he was actually able to be at the game which was awesome just to see out see out look out of the crowd and just see them there and and it was awesome yeah because you check in the game we got a big enough late that you're able to check in the game with a decent amount of time left to go. Mm-hmm. And you basically get right in and you look good. Like mm-hmm. you came in and got, you scored within mm-hmm. very short period of time. Yeah. You get to get to show that all the preparation and put into practice is working because mm-hmm. it was a pretty, you, you look comfortable out there right, yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, No, definitely. I'm, I'm just staying ready, just working on what I need to work on. And then just like, I know when my, if my Jersey is called, I'm going to be ready and, and, and do what I need to do. So just, just staying ready and, and and growing as a player. So. And that was an exciting that was an exciting moment as a fan because um, mm-hmm. I know you've been injured. So mm-hmm. it was the first. I think it was the first game you dressed too. Yeah, that was the first game I dressed. So I was really expecting to go in at like the last minute. Maybe they were gonna put me in, and then he puts me in at five minutes, and I'm yeah. like, wait a second, I'm going in the game right now, and I'm like, yeah. okay. Like, I, but I was I was ready for the moment. It was a lot of fun. I think when I touched the ball for the first time. Like in the game, like people just started cheering. Like it was just like I touched the ball and everybody was just like cheering. And I didn't even do anything. I just passed it. But it was just like <laughs> I think fun. the fans, the fans had an awareness. So you know, like, I I knew, I know I gave a standing ovation because I knew it was your first minutes of the year. And obviously, being a big part of the Final Four team from the mm-hmm. previous year, that was a uh, I think that was a, I think it was mm-hmm. good that the fan base was able to give a sign of respect to Hey, yeah. you're back on the floor, you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a special thing that your first game you were ready to go check back in. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was meaningful on a lot of levels. It means that you're able to be back in practice doing all the things that you yeah, can do to go exactly. help this team win. One hundred percent. Just just being able to be back in practice because obviously, like while I was injured, it was more try to be a vocal leader and help the guys and just be there in practice and see how I can help, but. Really, what I take most most pride in and most the, the the most joy is really being able to be in practice and and doing that and getting better myself and the, my teammates. So 
that, that that was really special to get back out there. So yeah, it was a cool moment to witness. Uh, and speaking to your long relationship with Dusty, mm-hmm. I've been trying on this show. I've been trying really hard. I've gotten like maybe two good stories through seven episodes. I feel like I feel like the guys are just the guys are tough about this one. But I'm gonna try. Um, I want to know. Maybe you can even give me back to him just being a fan of your high school team. But I want to know. Favorite dusty story or stories that you can give me? Favorite dusty stories. That's a that one I would have to think about. I don't have. It's just just for for me. It's more being like I'm in admiration of him and the way he is as a coach. He's just the way he carries himself as a person is just it's just incredible. Which actually like right now I'm kind of in the accounting route besides like basketball and hopefully becoming a CPA and doing all that. But just being able to watch him throughout the years, I'm like, wow, maybe I want to get into coaching just because of the way he is as a person and and the way that he's invested to the team. So for me, it's more like almost an admiration and just enjoying the ride while I've been with him and and getting to experience that because he's a very different coach than 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 any anybody I've seen the way he just the way he is. So it's it's just awesome to, to see that. It seems like he brings a lot of mm-hmm. comedy to mm-hmm. coaching. I think I think someone made the comparison once that he was uh college basketball's version of Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, I saw all the memes, all the different things which was was funny. And actually in the final four run all the all the memes that came out of him were were really funny and in Does We Trust, like all those things. It was it was fun just to see that. But yeah, I just I, one, one of these guys, I'm going to get me a, I mean, a story one day. I've been, I've been waiting on it. It hasn't, hasn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> hasn't come to full fruition, but mm-hmm. I do think there would be some parallel mm-hmm. for you as a person that's enjoyed the scout mm-hmm. team so much, mm-hmm. enjoyed learning the other team's mm-hmm. best player, that coaching would seem to be a natural fit to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, I, I see some of our coaches, you could probably still do that scout team stuff mm-hmm. as a coach. Um, there's great PJ Flex stories, a head coach mm-hmm. at Minnesota in football, that when he was uh, coaching the wide receivers for the mm-hmm. Buccaneers, he would still go out there and run routes with them. Like that was one <laughs> of his kind of yeah. characteristics. Mm-hmm. I could see you kind of taking on mm-hmm. one of those toward a coaching roles where mm-hmm. not only are you intellectually walking players through the game, but you can kind of bring some of that energy into a practice mm-hmm. and be like, hey, I'm still going to go match up against you. I'm still <laughs> in shape. Yeah. You got another good 10, 15 years at least mm-hmm. of being able to be in shape and mm-hmm. be able to go give a guy some challenges in practice. And that's mm-hmm. definitely one way of teaching him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's why it's it's fun to be able to coach. And I guess like throughout this time of be, being injured, I get to kind of like think about new things and, and see if like that's what I want to do if maybe it's coaching and things like that. And I, w- I would definitely like be a good coach and, and bring in that energy of like, let's say in practice, like you were saying that, yeah. that parallel and that story, that would be... It'd be fun, fun, fun to try out, but but yeah, that'd be cool if it happened at FAU also. Which yeah, I would definitely love that. There that could be, be routes next year. I'm not sure they talked about, but GAs are things, so mm-hmm. it could be possible for you to kind the of GAs, take uh, yeah. even further your accounting studies, mm-hmm. our business studies. FAU's got some of the best grads programs in the country, mm-hmm. so there are opportunities there. You probably could talk. I know Nick Tronti was a quarterback on our football team, mm-hmm. and then went into the GA role. So there are a lot of guys from the football side mm-hmm. that have played and then kind of taken that that ga spot after mm-hmm. after graduating I, I haven't seen it on our basketball team yet though so that would be a new thing it'd be mm-hmm. cool be a cool deal to have you have you back with us mm-hmm. for me what i kind of did which is which is a blessing i was able to from my red shirt and then the covid year that i got 
So now I'm, I essentially, I started my first semester of my MBA and I'll get to play throughout my two years. So that's kind of, for me, that was like the best situation. Instead of having to do like a GA, which obviously those are great opportunities. But for me, I was like, I get to play through it. Like, come on, like that. There's nothing better a, than that. That's a crazy. To be able to be on the court with the guys and, you know. That's so. a crazy thing. I think that in, we had, we had a Gardo from the soccer team on. He yeah, I know. His NBA. Yeah. And, um. It's a it's a hard experience because mm-hmm. most of the people in an NBA program are substantially older. Yes, definitely. And so you kind of come in super young, but with all the basketball experience, I can have two cool questions that can come from that. Mm-hmm. Number one is, uh, what have you learned in the basketball court that's helped you in, in the classroom? Um, because those are some those are some mm-hmm. tougher classes where an NBA programs they're putting you into real life experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the NBA is a lot more team teamwork and you're, you're put into these groups and it's just kind of like figure it out do this project and you're going to do it by yourself do this research paper and things like that so obviously that team aspect of 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 being able to work in a team talking being a team leader and doing your part and making sure other people are doing there so it's like those parallels are very are, are there in the in the business world and in the basketball world and, and everything and it and it's been funny too because we've had a lot of speakers come in that are great um, in the accounting profession and, and things like that. And they speak about the business world and say these things. And I'm like, wow, all these parallels are very true to what I experienced with FAU at the basketball team. Just kind of like how, how the hierarchy system is and kind of like, oh, the head coach, this, and then the guys, and then the managers. Almost like, like it feels that it's very similar to kind of like a like a corporate, like a business world or just, you know, like a big accounting firm or th- something like that. So I get to see those like, oh, if you want to get to the next level, you have to put in that extra work and do these things and be disciplined and make sure that that you earn the boss's trust and things like that. So it's all it's all cool that I've been able to experience this and now I'm able to see the parallels and realize that, wow, okay, so this is going to set me up for success in the future. So Yeah, and then... You can look at the reverse, which is that has there been anything in the MBA program that you've been able to take to your team? I think more towards like when these speakers come in and they talk and they say that your your relationship with the coaches is one of the most important and like or with your boss, then I take those parallels and the things that I learn when when I'm there, and then I try to incorporate it on the basketball court. And if I have to be a better leader. Or all those soft skills that are very valuable in the business world. I'm like, let me keep growing on these things, whether it's being more vocal, being being a better leader, and, and I know that those will translate. They, vice versa, they, they they go both ways. So I actually found, and I might you might have found this in some of your courses that I, I studied business mm-hmm. to a degree in college, and I feel like some of the easier courses I learned the most. It was the strangest thing where like. I, I'd sit in some courses that on the surface seemed simpler and then I'd get these little nuggets mm-hmm. where the teacher would teach me something that really taught me how to deal with people better and to be a better leader. And it seems like you've gotten some of that out of the MBA program. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. This first year I had I had a professor and this class was mainly just you would you would go in and you would do presentations every week. So you have to come in every week and be prepared to do a presentation, speak in front of the class. And then later on towards the end, you have to speak in like group projects and things like that. So I'm going into that and just listening to what they have to say, the way that you should carry yourself, the way that you should speak and, and things like that. 
those are very valuable life lessons that maybe you don't really understand that while you're throughout your undergrad or maybe you do you learn a couple of things or when you're in high school you don't really understand those things but then you start seeing them in college and you you listen to the to the people that have that experience and you're like okay i'm i'm going to take that with me as well and just just learn from that so this this year for at the NBA i've just really like opened my ears and i'm just listening and try to take to take everything in and and learn learn from the people that that have done it and are really successful so yeah i think that um what you bring up is a great point i think it really speaks to how incredible the leader coach may is because everybody in the moment notices how special he is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think most of the teachers I've had, I haven't gotten to appreciate them really until after the fact. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these moments in school where we're talking about having a presentation every week where all of a sudden you give a presentation in real life and you'll think, thank goodness for this class. I had a high school class where a teacher really taught me how to write mm-hmm. a in format an essay. And man, he was hard on us. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this feels really nitpicky. Then I got to college and I was better at every essay and I always thought, thank goodness for those history mm-hmm. courses. So yeah. I very much see what you're saying where mm-hmm. you end up after the class is over, you realize like, wow, that would be a really good thing. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. You've gotten to parlay your your athletic experience into an academic experience. I have to imagine it's a really hard balance between being an MBA student 100%. right now and then also yeah. trying to go defend a final four berth and then go win a national championship. Yeah, no, it's definitely difficult, but but you're just sacrificing for, for, for what is something that's amazing. It's, it's an opportunity that I have. So it's, it's really not hard. It's probably the hardest thing to do, but also the easiest thing to do because I'm just having fun and, and getting to enjoy it. So. And you got, if you could kind of map out, you got a lot going on right now. If you could map out your dream next 12 months of your life, you think about where we're sitting here a year from now, mm-hmm what would be kind of the the milestones that happen over those over those next 12 months I think for me the the main goal has always been to kind of get get out on the court so that's kind of for the next next 12 months that's kind of what I keep fighting for and why I keep growing as a player and pushing myself and like staying with it so do, doing kind of like everything possible just to get out on the court and obviously like I'm going to end up with a, with a, with an MBA which is great to have and and open up a lot of doors in my future. But I would love to to get that experience to play cuz maybe in a future I would love to play professional basketball and get to experience that as well cuz my brother's doing it so it's just yeah. kind of all those little things and he was able to finish um finish college with an MBA as well and everything. So I just see these kind of role models in my life and and I want to follow that and continue with with basketball and get get to play because I've worked I almost feel like I've worked too hard not to be able to like showcase kind of what I have as a player and what I have to offer so I want to just to be able to get out on the court and just you know get to and what's incredible though is that as much as you desire that you did not put that above Mm -hmm. coming back Mm -hmm. with this team yes 100% I decided to come back with the team and just just get 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 like really t- t- take it all in and go back to that same experience and and be with a group of guys that you love like that's that's really what it came down to we had a lot of fun doing it so i was like let's have fun another year so it was just and there's a hope that at some point you and your brother could play on the Puerto Rican national team together I oh that imagine. would be that would be amazing but he's he he's he's there playing and then 
hopefully once I get my, my minutes and things like that, maybe I'll get professional opportunities and get to continue my basketball career. But So the goal will be to continue following this year. If that mm-hmm. doesn't happen, then it sounds mm-hmm. like coaching would be kind of the mm-hmm. next thing to start considering because I think either way, it, I just get this sense that there's no way that as much as you know you have the NBA, mm-hmm. that really seems like it's the fallback option to – staying on the basketball court because that's really where the passion feels like it is yes definitely the passion is all there and and but i've always like once i started my undergrad and everything i was like oh i'm gonna do the accounting route and kind of like follow that become a cpa because that makes a lot of money so i was just like that was kind of like my almost like my plan b but now seeing coach may and getting getting to see how he does everything i've been really inclined to coaching so Hopefully we'll see if I if I do end up end up getting into coaching, but I I, w- I would love that. But yeah, I think that I can tell you through the interviews I've done so far that mm-hmm. you're already making a coach like impact mm-hmm. on the team. Mm-hmm. You're a player coach at the moment, so mm-hmm. it would probably be a very easy transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be. It would be something that I that, that that I'm really inclined to do, and and every day right now I'm still learning from Coach May. Like I I sit in the in the office and just kind of listen to him and the way he talks to the players, and I'm like, okay, he approaches this, this way, or like let's say coming out of a loss, like all these things I'm really trying to understand why he did this, why he did that. So I feel like myself with that coaching mentality, I'm able to to grow it and kind of like put myself in his shoes and see what he's trying to do to get us better. And th- those are things that ultimately translate into being a coach, and and hope hopefully I'm able to to be a good coach in the future. And and, and I have no doubt. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will say, watching his post game press conferences, even and you experience something mm-hmm. totally different, is he's so honest. Mm-hmm. And after every game, I always tune in and listen, and I gain a whole new understanding of what I just watched. And I always trust him. What can you give one moment where you listen, or maybe you can give more than one, but mm-hmm. can you give a moment where you listen to him address a situation or the team where you sat there and you're like, wow, I really learned something from that. I want to apply this to myself in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, well, starting every practice, he sometimes starts with like quotes and he'll just say, he'll just say a quote and said, like call out on a guy. Like, what does that mean to you? Almost like, and there, there's all this, these quotes that he uses, the, these anecdotes and, and, and things where you're able to kind of like, because obviously as a coach, you have to try to put everything out there and see what's going to land. Like, because sometimes you don't know if the player understands and, and he, he is very smart talking to different players and, and trying to get his message across, which I think is really valuable. And, and the way he speaks to, to, to all, all of our guys it's it's very different from my past experiences with different coaches, and he's he's just very, again, it's just almost like an ad- admiration just listening to him speak and and every time he speaks, whether it's prior to the game, after the game, he always has very important points that you're like, wow, or we let's say we didn't do something to to win the game or or things like that. You're able to really listen in and and, and learn. So when he speaks, I just <laughs> just listen, and that's and that's it. And I'm able to get a lot of valuable information that that helps me as an individual player, as a person that I could take on the court, off the court. 
So he just says a lot of valuable life messages all the time. So are there any of those quotes that he asked you specifically what it meant to you? Well, he 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 kind of always says he tells he tells us that everything is on the other side of difficult. So that's one that kind of resonates because sometimes you take for granted, like let's say practice and oh it's gonna be easier things like that. But no, it's supposed to be difficult and it's something that you have to endure through and to get to that next level so that's something that we embody as a team to to really push ourselves and and that that, that we've learned from him and that he it's constant reminders or the serve and compete the, these these things that that's kind of like our team motto the serve and compete we always break it down saying that and those are important lessons for our team and that you could take off the court as well cuz th- those are th- those are valuable things so i think it's a really important reminder especially as we sit in this interview days after a difficult loss to Charlotte that nothing, no highs would exist without the lows Mm -hmm. because we didn't have the contrast to the lows. Then how we know what this success is. If you guys had landed at FAU your first year, you get there and a team just walks their way to the national championship, wins every game. There are no challenges. Would it even be that big of a high? Probably not, because all you would have experienced is winning. Yeah. It would, yeah. <laughs> there'd, be yeah. no, there'd be no gratitude for it. Whereas, alternatively, what makes, I think, this so special is the arc. Mm-hmm. Coming in and, and, and building it brick by brick, starting with no fans. Now having what I think is the best crowd mm-hmm. in the country. Yeah, um, Sounds like when we played UAB, your freshman year, uh, your, your family... Yeah, that was my family was just taking up all his stands. Brought the crowd in their own, but starting with not a lot of fans, building to a packed house, starting with not habitually having winning records, slowly getting to a winning record, then immediate jump to the Final Four. And now um, Mm -hmm. it's different being a team with national attention. Mm -hmm. That's a new experience that this team is still learning to walk through as Mm -hmm. we have this interview right now. Yeah, yes. Once going into March Madness, that was a just a surreal experience getting like the private jets and and doing these things that we're not we're not accustomed to because we weren't doing that before. So it's just but it's all surreal experiences that or being able to stay. We, we stayed in in Times Square when we were playing in, in Madison Square Garden and and we get to just walk around with our teammates and we're like, we made it here and we and we did this. But for us, it was really just like being there with the guys and, and taking in that experience instead of seeing all the, the media and the attention. But then obviously once once it kind of like died down a little bit and getting back to it and starting at FAU again, like there's obviously still a lot of that national attention that we're like, wow, it's it's there. Like, you know, but but in the moment we were just like, man, we just want to win next game. And that was kind of our focus. And we were very locked in. So we were almost shutting shutting out all that outside noise, but still enjoying that experience of like wow we're here like just walking into madison square garden you're just looking around like wow this is an unbelievable experience even in houston that was that 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 setup that they had was just incredible so i kind of liken it though and i just came up with this Mm -hmm. on the spot but (laughs) it's kind of like you guys were on a reality television show like it's like being on American Idol, and obviously mm-hmm. people are coming to see you, but they're coming to see American Idol because the Final Four, Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen, people were going to watch those games anyway. Mm-hmm. But they watched those games seeing Florida Atlantic. Now you have the game like Florida Gulf Coast, and they come to see Florida Atlantic 
because they saw Florida Atlantic in the Final Four in the Elite Eight and Sweet 16. And that's a different type of national attention. Is they have people that came to buy a ticket because you guys were traveling to go see this brand of Florida Atlantic basketball. Yeah. That's something you guys did, and that's a that's a really cool thing, and it's a new experience. But it's not, not that's not true for every team that's made a run. It's because of the type of game we play and the type of team mm-hmm. we have that people now we've seen it in multiple neutral sites, but you've seen it in Gulf Coast, we're gonna see it in New Orleans in a few days that people are buying tickets to see you guys cross not not just in, in Boca now, but it's a mm-hmm. it's a national show that people are excited to go witness in person and they should be because you guys put on a hell of a product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we, we just have fun out there as a team. So that obviously shows and people just enjoy that, that feel and that that energy that we have even from the bench, from the people on the court. You could tell that there's a, a real, real sense of energy and, and realness, which people love to watch. And, and it's fun that we get that support because at the end of the day, you need that support and just people watching you and, and, and helping you out and saying like, oh, we're here for you and we're rooting for you. It's, it's amazing to have that. So. Had two fan bases storm the court until your losses. Charlotte and yes. Gulf Coast storm the court. I was thinking as I said that, I'm like, I hope that doesn't happen again once this year. <laughs> I, I've seen, I've seen it. I, see, I saw it in person in, in Fort Myers on TV. I see all the students taking selfies. And I'm like, I'm happy for you guys, but if we don't have to witness this again for the remainder of this season, yeah. I'd be... I'd be peaceful with that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'd be too. Yeah, definitely peaceful. Yeah, go, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. go have some good practices and don't make that happen. Um, as we wrap, anything you'd like to tell listeners, fan base, any any closing story, thoughts that you really want to put out? Um, for me, I'm just really thankful for the support of kind of everyone at, at FAU and just my family back home in Puerto Rico and and the people that have able that have been able to really like push me to be where I'm at, and, and I'm just really thankful for all the opportunities I've had, and just just getting to grow as as an individual. And, and FAU has been an incredible experience for me, and and I'm a I'm a player now that is way better from when I started out at, at FAU, and I'm I'm just thankful for the opportunity and just being able to to be at FAU this year and and have the role that I have with the guys, and and yeah. That's kind of. Well, I can tell you, it's what I told you after the Sweet 16, but um, are the Elite Eight whenever. I think it was the Elite Eight right before mm-hmm. the Final Four that we talked, and this team wouldn't have reached the point without you. So it's uh, it's really been a pleasure to interview you today, and I'm glad that maybe more of the fans were able to kind of hear mm-hmm. the story of how you've impacted some of these practices and the preparation because those performances don't happen against the UABs of the world without. Mm-hmm the preparation for the UABs of the world. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you played a big role in helping get a team ready when a lot of fans might forget North Texas and UAB that in the regular season, two point games. Mm-hmm. And so if one shot, your preparation is jelly Walker made somebody have a better defensive possession. Mm-hmm. That's the game right there. So, um, makes a big difference. And, and, and FAU is lucky to have you. Thank you, and thank you, thank you for having me, and thank you for being able to share my story and everything. Thank you.